For decades, we have defined our strengths according to our education, skills, and experiences. But now, having retired or heading that way, we may have found ourselves wondering how our education and career skill set is going to benefit us moving forward when many of us still have a strong desire to continue being viably productive. Well, here's something you might not know. Your most powerful and overlooked strengths tend to be those that are most natural to you, not those acquired through career skills and education. With the big transitional shifts that come with change as we age, knowing your innate strengths can give you the ability to craft a new direction for yourself. Today's guest, Steve Fixtel, says each and every one of us are unique in our pattern of strengths. And today he's helping you discover your own pattern of strengths, the strengths you most identify with. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ironing Out the Wrinkles. I'm your host, Ros McMaster. And I'm your other host, Kate Shaw. Together we're taking the age out of ageism, helping men and women embrace life beyond 50 with less fear. About 12 years ago, at the age of 55, Steve Fixel lost significant vision. For five of those, he was deemed to be legally blind. Although no longer able to continue his real estate career, neither could he sit still. And so, after a 34-year spring break, in 2016, Steve returned to college to complete his bachelor degree in organizational leadership. Today, Steve's goal is to help people identify their strengths using fixed all strengths process. Intriguing. He served as president of the Washington Council of the Blind from 2016 to 2017 and is currently leadership committee chairperson. Now at 67, he's not giving up any time soon. Steve, hello and welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello and thank you. Yeah, we were just talking to you before we hit the record button and your story to moving into losing your vision is a really interesting one and, and actually came in your 50s, which is the time of transition in most people's lives. So just before we even get into talking about this strengths process, um, would love you to share some of that journey to when you were losing your sight. I was... Um, I was starting to lose my vision and, um, I just thought I was getting older, which I was, but, um, it was time to go in and get my eyes looked at again and get a new prescription for glasses. And, and I wasn't really feeling all that well either. And my family convinced me to go see the doctor and I did, and they took some blood and about, a week later, I get a call from the physician's assistant, not even from the doctor, but from his assistant. And basically what he said, you have diabetes. The doctor's giving you a prescription. Where do you want it sent? I said, oh, okay. Uh, so it was really kind of a shock. I just I sat there thinking of all the the good, bad, and ugly of 
diabetes because they knew nothing of it. And I was fortunate enough to find a doctor who he himself was diabetic. And so that was a real blessing because he could confidently and experientially tell me or take me along that path of what it meant to be diabetic because he had been diabetic most of his life. Um, so he sent me to his ophthalmologist, his eye doctor, and I was in the doctor's chair and he took one look inside my eyes and said, if we don't do something right away, you could go blind. Oh, how wow. terrifying. And that was another aha moment. Of, oh, okay. okay, what do we need to do? And so I had to go undergo some laser treatments where they killed or retarded the growth of the blood vessels on the back of the eye because what was happening, diabetes causes those vessels to break and they leak inside your eye. Mm. So it's kind of like wet Polaroid film. It just doesn't work very well. Gosh. And it got to a point, like as we had mentioned, that for five years I was legally blind. I was, my vision was 2200, which is where the definition of legal blindness fits in. So if you're at 2180, you're not legally blind. And if you're at 2200, you are. So I was kind of straddling that fence. Um, but I was fortunate enough to meet some uh, some people at the Washington Council of the Blind, and um, it proved to be a very timely support group. Thank you. Know, you. As a group of people who, like myself, were either visually impaired or, many many cases, were totally blind and had never had vision. So um, I got to to experience life on the other side of that, that line. Wow. Yeah. And you said um, that your cousin had been legally blind right from birth. And so it, when, when you lost your sight, your belief about what it was like to be blind very much changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because he was born blind. Um, and had he kind of this this was would have been in the 1960s and so uh, things have changed so much since then but he had kind of the sunken eyes and just the stereotypical vision of what a blind person looks like and you know never left his mother's side he was always right there next to her because she were was his eyes and so i just didn't know what to expect you know what what's next and fortunately the eye doctor was able to retard it and we've done some other things since then so my vision has been um consistent stable for the last five years mm. do you think it'll get better no oh. no i'll never have you? I'll never have um, 2020 vision. Mm. I hope you don't mind me asking you this, but how did you cope emotionally with all this bad news? It would be pretty overwhelming, I imagine. 
Yeah. Um, you know, they say there's four stages of grief or four stages that you go through when you have something like a sudden disability. And they tend to be anger and um, denial. Um, I can't remember the other one. And then there's acceptance. And I kind of just went right through everything and right to acceptance because um, unfortunately, I'm as much to blame as the diabetes. I was one of those men who never went to the doctor. Uh, was never so sick. typical of men, yeah. You know, yeah, so typical of men. Yeah. Um, so I never went to the doctor. I wasn't sick, so I never went to the doctor. Um, had I gone, I would have learned maybe 10, maybe even 20 years ago that I was diabetic. Wow. But because I never went, it was undiagnosed, and so it just continued to to do its okay. damage yeah. and well, and that's it, that's great for everybody to hear that now. <laughs> yeah, go and get checked every go, birthday. Uh, yeah, no matter what it is. Um, but it's you were saying too that that ended up being a blessing. What was the it blessing did. in that? Well, I was my career was in real estate. I managed real estate offices that sold new homes, and I'd done that. But wasn't ready to hang it up quite yet but um because of the the vision loss i had to move on i couldn't drive i haven't driven a car in in years now and um i couldn't read contracts the small print in contracts and wasn't really aware of the assistive technology that was available so um I just I stepped away from it and and didn't really know what I was going to do for a couple of years. And then I was exposed to a process called dependable strengths, which is a um, a job search or job placement tool that a gentleman developed in the mid 40s to help um returning vets from world war ii i mean most of them were coming home from the war having gone into the service right out of high school so th i mean their only job was shooting firearms on the other side of the ocean and that's not a very transferable skill so they were wondering gee what are we going to do now and so he developed this process whereby you look to people's past experiences to help them identify what it is they do well and they enjoy doing. And so um, over the next 50, 60 years, he developed this process, which ultimately became Dependable Strengths. Wow. And so... I was exposed to it as a um, participant in 1919, in 2015, and I was so taken back by it, I decided to go become a certified facilitator 
or the process um, and have been working, unfortunately, for the last eight years trying to get a, a business started of offering um, this workshop. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fascinating. It's yeah. it's amazing. And empowering too. Yeah. yeah. So what... So it's all about going back to childhood to find those innate strengths? Yes. The, the concept is that we all have strengths. And in this process, we go back and look, start at childhood. So what is something, and it's based on good past experiences, positive experiences. So something that you feel you did well, something you enjoyed doing, and something you're proud of. And your experience has to meet all three of that criteria. So it's something you feel you did well. And the key is you. You felt you did it well. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. As that's long as that's you, an important point. Yeah. yeah. As long as you felt good about it and you did it, you know, to say, you know, we had 100 people at our work Christmas party. Well, that's nice. It was probably a pleasant experience, but you alone did not make it happen. You may have put together the, the catering or whatever, you know, a piece of it. And so that's the experience that you focus on is what you feel you did well. And you enjoy doing it. Um, you know, I may be really talented with spreadsheets, but when I get done creating one, I'm exhausted. And I just want to go sit in the corner and take a nap. That's not a that that's not a good experience. It's it's a skill that you have, but you didn't enjoy doing it. And so that's not a strength. The strength is what so then from our experiences we look at, okay, what strengths did it take to make that happen? Mm -hmm. And so by starting at childhood, you start looking at all the positive experiences that you've had throughout your life. And what you tend to recognize is that certain strengths keep coming up over and over and over again. So the those key are is your, joy, yeah. Those are your dependable mm -hmm. strengths. Those are the strengths you can count on. So, if, you know, if, if cooking is a strength of yours and it's something you've done from childhood, throughout high school, throughout college and and into your work life, then that's something that you want to continue doing. Would you like to share with us what you discovered about yourself when you went back to your childhood? Um, I don't know if I'm trying to remember. My strengths when I first did it were leadership, um, teaching, and um, persistence. Mm -hmm. Now, the persistence has definitely carried on because that's what's keeping me moving forward right now. It's, you know, I don't give up until it's beat me or I've won. 
<laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, but it's it's and funny. It's... My I tell my son that now, like he um, studied to become an electrician, and it's not necessarily a field that he's passionate about or wants to continue in. And people tend to think, well, I need to go and study a skill set of some kind but i said you know your inner strengths is that you're very compassionate and you have this lovely way of connecting with young people that's your skill so that's what should sort of maybe he needs to go and be a social worker because of that innate gift mm -hmm. he has that can't be learned exactly yeah. and that, and that's how dependable strengths is used is we we then we look at their strengths and say okay this set of skills that you have, how do they fit into the job market so that you're using your strengths as you you grow in your career? Yeah. And it's funny, filling out a resume, you know, like um, people often put on their resume their strengths and, and people actually struggle with that. Yeah, they, they can write their skills mm. down, but not their strengths. So, so that going back to childhood to in, investigate yours, and I'm sure people must find that quite difficult remembering what their strengths were. Well, the 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 goal is to get them thinking about experiences that they enjoyed doing. I mean, the first thing that I can remember I sold Kool-Aid on the street <laughs> corner but then in, you know later on I, I sold worms to fishermen and then I'll you know in, in college I sold whatever but so you start to see that you have a strength in entrepreneurism because it keeps happening again and again so that's something that you want to pursue and we use this, um, your strengths, to help not only identify a career, but in your resume as well. And you mentioned that, you know, noting your strengths on your resume is very important. And um, the process of identifying those good experiences helps you to extract those strengths um, you know oftentimes we have certain strengths but they come so easy and so natural for us we don't consider it a strength because gosh doesn't everybody yeah mm -hmm. yeah and it, you know, important and, in um, retirement because you know you might be the person that starts a community group if that's your strength or your strengths might determine what community group you become associated with and how you assist other people within that group. So it's important to really that group. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's true. Like I look back to my childhood and the things that made me joyful, I ended up doing as an adult, which is music. So, um, yeah, if you, if you do look back there, it's funny how you just do a loop right back and your heart does sing when you're doing you know, what gives you joy, basically. I guess the strengths are joy. Am I reading that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, for people our age, my age, um, there's a great deal of um, positivity and looking back 
you know, as far as you can, maybe you can't think back to when you were a six-year-old, but maybe in junior high school or high school, you know, certain experiences kind of rise to the top and you think back, wow, you know, it's, it's not something that you think of all of the time. And so by remembering, it makes you feel good because you're remembering a good experience. There's no negativity to it. It's all positive. Yeah. And so once how, you how, yeah, go on, go on. Continue. Then once you identify your strengths, then you start to feel better about yourself because you know that you have some positive qualities. You have some value to contribute to whatever you may take on. I mean, that's great that, you know, that discovering your innate strengths is wonderful and changes the view of yourself. But what are the deeper benefits as well? Besides yourself, does it make you nicer to be around or um, does it benefit your relationships? I guess it well, might because you're happier. If it's a, a, the one of the things we like to do is to help people um, become, I'm trying to think of the word I want, just to make a habit of looking at, okay, what did I do today that brought a smile to my face? And as you, you know, you keep track of those experiences, again, you start to see strengths bubble out. Um, so, you know, th there's self-awareness is, is very important. Self-esteem, because you are. I mean, of all of this, we have a list of 115 strength words. And that's wow. just a partial list. Mm, and what's so important about this process is it's very subjective. There's a lot of strength assessments out there. So you have to take a quiz or a test, yeah. you know, and answer a whole bunch of questions. And it's very objective. It's based on how other, how the aggregate of people answer the questions. And then you get a printout of your strengths. And, and they tend to be accurate. But the challenge is, is that the strengths are in words that the author came up with. Yeah. Um, whereas with this process, you use, you're the judge, no one else. We ask people to help in the beginning to help you identify some of those strengths so you get used to looking for them. But the words that you use um, are your own. I mean, let's let's face it. There's one person we talk to more than anyone else in our lives. Ourselves. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, that's I true. <laughs> We're always talking to ourselves. We're usually berating ourselves. Yeah, well, biggest critic well, that's is myself. Just, that's just yeah. it, and that's the the negativity bias creeping in. Yeah. So this gives you an opportunity to think positively, but to think of your strengths and words that bring joy and happiness to you. So there's greater self-esteem. And when you start to look for strengths in yourself, you start to look for the strengths in other people. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's a real sense of ego when someone says, you know, 
you're really a great organizer. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, or or whatever the case may be. But um, and when you start sharing your experiences with one another, what you did in your childhood is not really a, a topic of conversation. But when you use it in this context and you have a group of people doing the same thing, you find out that the person that you really don't know that well did the exact same thing you did when they were a kid. Mm. And now you have a point of connection and you can start to communicate and, and create a relationship based on that. Wow. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I just love it as a concept for people who retire. Yeah, because it's not just, always positive. Yeah, and mm -hmm. finding finding a new path, you know, because we tend to have that identification with who we were in our, mm -hmm. our working career, like yourself too. You were, you know. High, very high up. In your high job. up and you're a real estate agent and probably very good at it since your natural strength is <laughs> yeah, in sales. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what I found out is that strength is not sales is not a strength i don't like to sell it really and i didn't do i didn't i wasn't good at it i could teach it i could help the agents that worked with me how to be better salespeople, but i just couldn't do it myself Oh, is that and I still Because you were talking about, you know, when you were a child and you were, you know, oh, was just, <laughs> selling lemonade. I was making that up. Oh, oh making, well, I, I believed you. I thought I, it was I very did, I did. in real estate. I was pretty I impressed. I Kool-Aid in the driveway, though, once. <laughs> so all that really positive words, I really love them. But will how that help us navigate a new path beyond retirement like we've We've had to say goodbye to our job in, um, as an office manager or a lawyer or whatever. Um, how will this process, are we ever too old to do it? In other words, is life, life's not over when we retire or? No. Well, to do that. A lot of people think that it is. When we retire from something, and I can use myself as an example, 25 years in real estate, I was tired of it. Doing more real estate in my retirement years was the last thing that I wanted to do. And I think that's very true for many of us. We we spend 30, 40 years in, in a career and, you know, what we did in that fearless life is the last thing that we want to pursue. We don't ever want to work in a factory again. We've had enough. What else can I do and be productive? Well, geez, I really don't know what I can do. I mean, all I've ever done is put hubcaps on wheels. Um, you know, how does that translate to anything? Well, when we start looking at their strengths, we can find out that, you know, you really have an eye for beauty. Have you ever considered photography? Mm. Have, wow, but, that's great. you know. Maybe I should try that. Yeah. And so it gives us a chance to pursue not things that we didn't enjoy doing, but the things we do enjoy doing that give us a reason to get up every morning. Yeah, it's fabulous. We've gone full circle to the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the talk where um where we were saying that's that's you know, forget about your skill set and what you trained in. 
find you find what you're um, naturally good at. It's really like mm. self discovery, yeah. isn't it? Like a whole new, it is. exciting self discovery new chapter. Yeah. So, well, it, that just brings us full circle. Unless you've got something more to add about the strengths process, um, what's on offer? You've got your book. I heard he's writing a book. I'm writing a book, yeah. Well, that's the story of your journey to losing your sight. What's the name of it again, please? Yes, I. Um, the book is called Fixology. Oh. My, nickname, <laughs> my nickname is Fix. When I first oh. started in real estate, I worked in an office of about oh, 20 people. Five of us were Steve. Oh, oh nice. Okay. So we we all adopted nicknames. <clears throat> and because my last name is Fix Doll, they just called me Fix. And it's something that has stuck with me for 40 years. And so fixology fixes me. And ology is the a knowledge of something. And I figure, well, if anybody knows me better than me, it's me. <laughs> so it's, it's fixology, lessons learned while being blind and then not. Oh, wow. it's, it's, yeah. So what were some of the lessons learned and then not? Mm. <laughs> what a teaser, a spoiler. You mentioned your wife before, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, oh, one, yeah. Of the, one of the things that I learned is um, I carry a white cane. Um, one of my eyes is pretty much sightless. So I have vision, partial vision out of one eye. So my depth perception is horrible. You know, I have a real hard time with steps, especially when they're of the same color. If, if there's not a yellow strip or something to delineate that there's a step there, I don't see it. Um and holes, you know, if I go to the grocery store, they always have those um, uprights right in the middle of the aisle. And I have the bruises to show that I run oh, right dear. into it. Oh. Um, so I carry a white cane. And there's a lot of people who are in a similar position like me say, how could you carry that white cane? What are people going to think? And I've never really worried about it. I mean, yeah. what's more important, what people think or falling, you know, flat on my face? Yeah. Um, you know, and, but when you really examine it, it's not a matter of, I mean, it's not you feeling embarrassed because somebody's thinking something about you because you don't know what they're thinking. Nobody has ever come up to me and say, Mr. You really look stupid carrying that white cane. No. Um, so they're ha who's having the negative thought then? They are. Mm. I don't know what they're thinking. So I've, I'm just going about my business, doing my thing. And they're thinking, well, you know, hooray for him. Or, he's, you know, he really looks like a schmuck. Um I don't know. So why worry about it? Good yeah. advice, actually. Yeah. 
Did you find um, a support in your family when all this started? Um, yes, I have. Well, my kids, when all of this started, my I have three daughters and most one I think was still in high school. Um, so they haven't been around much throughout this journey. They're two are in Florida and one's in one's local. Um, but my wife has been marvelous. I mean, I don't know how I would have gotten through what I have without her support. And, and never has she complained about, you know, my situation or our situation, as it may be. Um, you know, she's the first to say, step. <laughs> you know, there's a step coming up. Watch That's out. Wonderful. Um, and... So I that that's been you know I know of people whose spouses have given them a bad time because they they're now disabled mm. and that's that's hard on them yeah so my family's been wonderful oh, I'm glad to hear that yeah that's fabulous do you offer workshops and things I heard you mention that before it's for people all I around do. the world um, I've the, the dependable strengths process that I referred to is 12 hours long. It's, it's a pretty extensive workshop, but there's a piece of it that occurs right in the beginning, which is really that process that we've been talking about where you look to your past positive experiences, you share those with a group, and then the group helps you identify the strengths that it took to make that happen. So they not only help you to look at what strengths you have, but it's also, it's, it's an ego boost. When someone mm -hmm. says, you know, you are X, Y, Z, you feel good because they're complimenting you. Um, so that's the process, the workshop that we go through. It's, it's about three hours long where you get to go share with others, um, your positive experiences, they help you identify your strengths. And we talk about it afterwards. There's, I have a website, it's fixdoll.com. That's F-I-K-S-D-A-L.com. And if you scroll down a little bit, there's a, a section called Unique You Workshops, and they're listed right there. I'll, I'll have those links on the bio where we upload it um, and on the YouTube page as well. So it will all be there, which is fabulous. So um, is that online as well so that international people can access that? Yes. Yeah, it, it's, it's available. Well, the workshops will be done just as we are right now via Zoom. Oh, fabulous. Yep. And people internationally are, are used to using Zoom. Yeah. 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 You know, That's fabulous. It's kind of like Kleenex. A tissue is not a tissue. It's Kleenex. And yeah. online meetings are not online meetings. They're Zoom meetings. Yeah. I know. It's a COVID opened, uh, opened everybody up to the world didn't they? I've, I've just got so many yeah. friends all over the world now with different groups I'm in, and I never would have had that chance before COVID. Good in everything. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's. I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. I think we're going through 
um, COVID withdrawal right now <laughs> because yeah. um, we're just, we're tired of it. We're yeah. tired of meeting people in this medium and especially, um, you know, the Washington Council of the Blind, which is the organization that I'm a part of. We've had, it's a very social organization. People belong to it because they want to befriend and um, meet with other people who are like them, who are blind in, in and the visually flesh. impaired. Yeah. And they haven't been able to do that and they're starving and they want that in-person one-on-one attention engagement yeah and so um we're seeing that in our zoom meetings people just aren't going because they're tired of them yeah actually yeah people want the connection again but for for people like us in australia who want to access what you've got to offer that's um that's fabulous and they look affordable i had a look at your website and um they're not exorbitantly priced Mm. No, the workshop is forty-seven dollars. Oh wow, that's you. Which is American. Well, I have, I've, well, I've been told by a lot of people that's way too little. But the last thing I want to do is exclude somebody because it's too expensive. Bless you. That's lovely. Yeah, really nice. That's lovely. Yeah, pay it forward. Yes. Steve, before we say goodbye, just one piece of advice you would offer someone who was attached to their identity from their their skill set and their career from the past and couldn't find the confidence to embrace something new take the time to and you can do this on your own is you know look to your past positive experiences remember things something you feel you did well something you enjoy doing and you're proud of the result identify those experiences and then start to think about okay what strengths did it take for me to make that happen and if you want some help ask family members they'll be more than happy to to um, to help you or you know if you're living in a community of other people ask them.